What up, world? It is Thursday, July 9th, and you are listening to The Ocho. But you are very obviously not listening to RJ Ochoa, as I am not him and he is not me. This is Kelsey Charles, your most favorite girls talking boyer named Kelsey, standing in for the main man as he is making his big move down to the valley with his lovely wife, pup, and back to be with his family. So super excited for him on all of that. Lots of change going on in his world right now. So fortunately or unfortunately, you are stuck with me for the next couple of days in this daily update. Buckle up, folks, because you are in for a ride. But before we jump in, I want to make sure you all had your countdowns going because I sure do. DAC Day, we've got six days and counting till July 15th when the main QB1 can or cannot get a deal done with the Dallas Cowboys for a long term. I, for one, am hoping he gets it done. And I want to say he, I guess I mean he and uh, the Jones family, if you will. Fingers crossed. Obviously, the Mahomes news this past week. I know RJ went into that in depth on a previous episode of the Ocho. Very interesting. Slightly impactful to him, but... Considering the length and just the monstrosity of that contract, I'm not so sure it'll have as much impact as maybe we initially thought. But needless to say, the countdown is still on and things are bound to get interesting if I know anything about this Dallas Cowboys team. But speaking of change, that's kind of the theme for what I view this show as today. There's a lot of it going on in this world um, at the moment and I guess I'll start with just going around the league, topics and discussions, because as we know, our world is going through a lot. Our world, our society, and specifically, if you want to talk about sports, the National Football League and any professional league, college, anything that is looking to bring back any semblance of activity, event, or sports team. Um We just saw an announcement yesterday by the Baltimore Ravens that they came out and said, hey, listen, we are actually going to defer all of our 2020 season tickets to the following year, 2021. All seat locations for fans will be protected. Same seats will be offered for renewal in 2021. And if you had a credit for funds that were paid towards this 2020 season, It can be applied towards accounts in the future, or you can go ahead and ask for a full refund. So um, current single tickets for this upcoming year also going to be discontinued because their stadium, you guys, is 71,000 or so. And based on CDC guidelines and under state and local government rules and regulations, we're probably going to see a massive sense of reduction in terms of attendance at games that's permissible by the governing bodies at hand if they even allow fans to be in large groups of that nature come August and September at all. So as of right now, the Ravens said, hey, listen, we're going to stop selling tickets this year. If you've already paid, we're deferring or refunding you to next year. And if and only if fans are allowed into the stadiums, we will only be having fewer than 14,000 seats filled per game. So... This is interesting to me, and I think it's pretty significant because we're all trying to wrap our minds around, A, if a season happens, which we think and we hope it will, 
what will it look like? What will it look like for the team? What will it look like for participants, for players, for coaches, but also the fans? Um, I, I don't think anyone has a concrete answer. It's a fluid situation. And what I do find significant is the fact that we're starting to see people take stances and teams take stances, which obviously the Ravens have done. I was listening to a podcast the other day on, um, it's called The Daily by the New York Times. And I found it interesting because they they discussed the concept of the virus and how it's mutated and, you know, the, the ever-evolving CDC guidelines because as we as a society are learning more and more about how this virus moves and travels and mutates, um, it is seemingly looking like there are now two strains of the virus, one that was originally the Wuhan strain which is the most deadly and then apparently when it moved and migrated over to Italy it mutated and became easier to contract and disperse and therefore that one is the Italian strain which inevitably has turned out to be very contagious still and still dangerous of course very dangerous but not as seemingly lethal as the initial Wuhan strain was. So I say that because when the virus mutates and turns into something else, the more deadly one is actually killing people and therefore not moving on. But the less deadly version is moving on and perpetuating into society. So that seemingly is the one we're kind of um, looking to be addressing when we discuss coming back into real life again, if you will. Um, I, in, in the episode, they talked about how the six feet social distancing was important. And obviously, um, that's going to be key in whatever we do in terms of returning to society. But the person that was interviewed, the specialist, said, hey, listen, when you're outside, um, you're – your ability to contract the virus goes down significantly because what we believe is that it moves on with the airflow. And I, I go dive into this not to go full like, you know, biology and, and science and, and virus talk on you. But to me, it's significant because the Ravens have an outdoor facility. They have an outdoor stadium. And while they seat 71,000, they're saying, okay, 14,000 is what – the max, max, max we're comfortable with, despite the fact that we are an outdoor facility. And what science is seemingly showing us is that when you are outdoors, it's a little less likely for you to contract this virus than it is if you're inside with individuals and the virus can just move around freely and not escape into the outer spaces. AT&T Stadium, as we all know, is not 100% an outdoor facility. When it has, you know, upwards of 80,000 people capacity, I don't know if you can count opening the roof as an open stadium fully, an outdoor stadium. Um, It's an interesting thing to discuss because if we're seeing one example that's kind of an extreme case in the opposite direction and they have the ability to be outdoors and here's the line they've drawn in the sand, what does that mean for the decisions that would be made within the walls of, Jerry World in Arlington, if you will. So while it's not specifically Cowboys news, 
I think it's worth monitoring, worth looking into, worth taking note of, because I think what we are all going to have to start doing and what we all will be doing is starting to piece together the puzzle of of the clues that we're seeing along the way and the the guidelines and the guidance and the examples being set by those who are making decisions and um, start to create educated guesses and educated assumption as to what a season could potentially look like moving forward. So interesting to say the least. I think um, I don't know 100% where I stand in the line of if I think fans will be in the stadiums or not and what this season will look like. But um, either way, lots of changes going on, lots of developments. So I think one other avenue worth keeping an eye on as well is the MLS's back tournament. Obviously, we see lots of leagues that are returning back or at least trying to enter the phases of returning back to some semblance of play. MLS's back tournament is happening right now in Orlando. It's happening, but it's also not happening. Um, We saw earlier this week FC Dallas actually was withdrawn from the tournament as they had 10 positive COVID cases that were confirmed on the team. Um, And then also this past evening, Nashville FC and Chicago Fire game was postponed due to Nashville FC having five confirmed COVID cases on their team as well. So while there was gameplay last night, we are definitely seeing the impacts of how this virus can impact gameplay and impact players despite best efforts to actually be quarantining, to be taking COVID tests, to be really truly trying to do things the right way. And despite all of that, we're still seeing organizations be impacted and and gameplay be impacted. And so, um, again, lots of interesting developments, things going on around different leagues that I think we can all take and and piece together, take note of to be able to come together and form some semblance of an idea of what could be happening come the NFL football season here in August. So change, yes, let's keep going, why don't we? It's not new news, but around the NFC East, the Washington Redskins, their name has been quite controversial in previous years, but also there's been a resurgence of interest in an update to the namesake of Washington's football team due to the fact of its racially inclined nature. Whether or not you agree with it, the Washington Redskins came out this past week and said, hey, listen, in light of recent events around our country and feedback from the community, we as a team are announcing a thorough review of the team's name. Um, The commissioner came out and said, hey, listen, I support you. And we're seeing not only teams, but sponsors are showing up and taking notice and adding their voice to the equation as well. Nike and FedEx both took stands. Nike, actually, you could Google any other NFC East team on their website and pull up their apparel, but you could not find Washington Redskins on their site anywhere. Companies like Walmart, Target, and Dick's Sporting Goods have followed suit and have also removed any and all Washington Redskins items from their stores while the team evaluates their name. Adam Schefter actually came out and said that the team per league source, is planning to have no Native American imagery in their upcoming brand image moving forward. We don't know exactly what that means and what their final name and where they'll land in terms of naming or branding or what they may be, but needless to say, a change is coming. Some of the names have been interesting that have been thrown out there as well, and it looks like Redskins quarterback Dwayne Haskins has a favorite. I was reading an article on NBC Sports, and... Um, I'm sure a lot of you have seen this as well, but 
names that have been potentially thrown around in the in the ring have been Washington Warriors, Red Tails, and Red Hawks. Haskins seems to prefer the Red Tails, if you will, which is actually a nod to um, an all-black fighter pilot group during World War II. So, again, unclear on exactly where things will land, but change seemingly is coming in Washington either way. Another catalyst for conversation, also in the NFC East, unfortunately, more negative news rearing its head. Deshaun Jackson, we all know the name, unfortunately made a bit of a stir with a social post that he posted this past week. I think his intentions, um, whether they were well-founded or not, uh, were to be in support of a line that he read in what he believed to be a book and posted it on his Instagram. And in reality, unfortunately, that book and the text is very anti-Semitic and there was a lot of negative feedback, to say the least. It was awkward because not only was the quote just really misinformed and ill-timed, ill-placed, inappropriate, all the ills and all the nons that you could put out there, but also it was not from a reputable source and it was also wrongly attributed a quote to Adolf Hitler, which he's been dead for years so uncomfortable situation to say the least and um, the Philadelphia Eagles put out a statement saying they talked to Deshaun they said hey you know th- this regardless of your intentions the message that you shared was offensive harmful and honestly appalling and doesn't have a place for our society so they're working with him on what they're calling a learning experience if you will so I say all of this because we are bearing witness to an era of uncertainty, an era of change, and I think that we will definitely be talking about 2020 years to come as a major chapter in a history book. So lots of Lots of things serving as a catalyst of change and a catalyst of conversations. But I can tell you that your change in scenery on this show, it's not over yet, folks. I am back tomorrow. Actually, I would say I. It's we. GTB Nation taking over the Ocho. My co-host, my lovely co-host, one Megan Murray, will be joining me. We have a fun and lighthearted exercise for you all. I know the world is a bit of a scary, sad, dark place right now. We want to bring some levity, give you a little bit to smile about, while also acknowledging and honoring and taking everything that is going on in our world very seriously, simultaneously. But we have a fun little exercise that we will put you guys through. We want you to play along. So make sure you tune in to the Ocho tomorrow and also Girls Talking Boys for that. But we also have so much more in the lineup. Don't forget to tune in to Broadcasting the Boys today. Later on, again, I mentioned you've got the Ocho and Girls Talking Boys on Friday. And then Saturday, you've got the fourth episode of Cowboys Oi coming out as well. It's the all Spanish 
Cowboys podcast here on Blogging the Boys. We're so excited about this lineup. We really have been working hard for you guys to just produce killer content. We hope you love it as much as we do. As I always say, this content is just as much yours as it is ours. Let us know what you want us to talk about, anything that's on your mind. You can find me at Kelsey underscore Charles on the Twitter. Make sure you're subscribed and following all of our podcasts at Blogging the Boys, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, rate, review. It really does help us out, you all. I hope you all have the best day ever. And in true RJ style, go Cowboys and peace out. <laughs>